0: What's up, Monsters? Welcome back to the podcast. So today, we're going to be talking about a book that I just finished reading. Well, we're going to be talking about the concepts of the book, not necessarily the book exactly. But it was really interesting when I read it. So 2022, I have a goal to read 52 books this year. Last year, I read about 30. The year before, I read 40. Um, And those are the first two years that I was really heavy focused on trying to, to read more. If you read about the most successful people in the world, they generally they average fifty two books a year, so one book a week, right? So for me, I'm starting off. Just finished my first one today, so I'm a little behind the curve, but that's okay. Uh, fifty two books in twenty two. So hashtag fifty two and twenty two. Let's use that. All right. Let me know what books you're reading. Find me on Instagram at wake the monster, and use that hashtag fifty two and twenty two. And let's let's build that knowledge around all of us. But the real concept that I wanted to talk about was the concept of the alpha male, right? I mean, we hear and see it everywhere across society. We hear people saying that they're alpha, people you know calling others beta or sigma or you know all that other kind of you know beta male, alpha male. are The two primary ones that we always hear. And if somebody calls you alpha. Or if they say they're alpha, that's a good thing. If you get called a beta, that's supposed to mean you're weak. It's kind of like the the soy boy type comment too, right? You're just a weak person, soft person. And I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about what society thinks that is, what, uh, you know, when you read books that are supposed to teach you how to become alpha, what they really focus on, and some of the, the pros and cons behind all that. So right off the bat, the book that I read was called The Alpha Bible. It's an Audible book, so it's an audio book. You find it on Audible, on the app or audible.com. Not a sponsorship in any way. Um, you know, it's just the first book that I read for 22. And I thought it was good. It had a lot of good points in there about being an alpha, about an alpha, you know, is a natural leader, They they naturally understand social structure, they naturally understand how to carry conversations with people, how to interact with people. Um, you know, they talked about an alpha is somebody who makes people feel included too, makes people feel like they're involved in the team or they're they're part of the culture, or the environment, or the organization that that they're operating in, which is cool. One of the things that I don't like about alpha books, and I understand why it exists in these books or in these. Teachings and lessons. I understand the the importance of it being there, but I think there's a super heavy focus on it, and it goes against people that would be in like my situation that are kind of trying to learn more about what that concept is, right? And that is the the heavy, heavy Freudian focus on sex and attracting women, attracting mates, uh, you know, getting laid type stuff that they talk about in in the books, and it's, it's it's weird because I understand it, but at the same time, like I'm married, I'm happy in my relationship, I'm not out there looking for anybody else, all that kind of stuff. So it doesn't apply to me, right? Now, maybe if I was looking at this book 15 years ago, maybe it would speak to me a little bit more, but that type of stuff in the book doesn't really resonate with me. But I always thought, I think it's unusual, or I think it's, it's strange, not unusual because it's actually common, it's usual, right? But I think it's strange that so often these books about being an alpha male are so heavily focused on the sex aspect, getting sex, getting laid, and that kind of stuff. And they always focus on it from the point of a male get, you know, finding a female partner that's the, if you think about biologically, right, that's how a species continues to reproduce is a male and a female get together and they produce a baby and then the species continues. I know there's outliers in in the ocean and things like that, but predominantly that's how most species continue to, to exist is a male finds a female, right? So right off the bat, like, if you're going to focus so heavily on sex, are you saying that homosexuals can't be alphas is weird right it's and I think they can um I don't have personal experience right but I don't see why they wouldn't be able to you know what I mean like within a society within the way we do things just amongst your peers type stuff because everybody has their own social group everybody has their own gathering and you would assume that people who are homosexual are going to gather around similar and like-minded type people or not necessarily other homosexuals, but at least people who are more accepting of that culture to exist, right? So you would still expect there to be an alpha to rise out of that friend circle. So I always think that's that it's a weird perception, or it's a weird way to approach the subject of being alpha and we're specifically talking about alpha alpha male, alpha men, right? Because the concept of my podcast, the concept of our conversations is to try and help men be leaders, but in the right way, men grow, men develop themselves. And I don't want this to be an alpha show because I think there's a lot of snake oil salesmen in that concept of alpha man podcasts, right? But I, I do think it's an interesting topic. So right off the bat. I think there's a really weird Freudian focus on sex when it comes to being an alpha or or always being attractive to women, right? Like the concept is the way you carry yourself, the way you walk, the way you talk, the way you dress is going to just make you always, your objective is to be attractive to women, right? And then, like I said, right, biologically, our species continues because of that ability, but... That's not what everybody's looking for in the book. So I think it's strange of how heavy they focus on that in the books. And then again, like if you have a, a gay guy who is not going to reproduce with a female, then can they not be alpha? Like, did you just lose six out of 10 hours in an audio book with a person? Because you're just saying, well, this doesn't apply to you. Right? So I thought that was strange. So what does it mean? to be an alpha? Like how, what are the concepts that make somebody an alpha? Right? Let me know in the comments before we get going, what do you think is an alpha? Uh, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know what you think an alpha is or Twitter, right? I have Twitter now too, same hashtag, uh, wake the monster one on Twitter. So let me know what you think an alpha is and let's, let's have that conversation. But I'm gonna tell you what I think about it. Now I think an alpha is just somebody who can be a leader. Right, somebody who can take charge of situations, somebody who can stay cool under pressure. Um, But it can't just be the thirty thousand foot level of that concept, because if if I say an alpha is somebody who can take charge, well, if I just start screaming at people and yelling at people, and tell them what to do and how to get there, kind of stuff, I'm not really leading. I'm directing, but I'm not really leading. And those are some of those blurred concepts that we think about when it comes to what is a leader. Now, I'm sure everybody's seen that image of what a boss and a leader is, right? And a boss is sitting at the desk, whipping his, his subordinates to pull him along and a leader is pulling with the team, right? So that's the concept of a boss leader. And that's what I'm talking about. When you think of a leader, you think of the person that's telling other people what to do, but that's not it, right? That's not really alpha. You can, put yourself in a scenario where you have that ability right you have that power but power is very rudimentary right power is very basic it's very simple when you think about power power is just the ability to force something to happen and it applies in the gym when it comes to weightlifting the same as it applies to working in your in your industry or in your business power is just the ability to force a thing to happen so power is very simple right go i'm in charge go do this that's power that's the end of it i like to think of of authority as being something that's more important and this is something that uh simon sinek talks about when he talks about leadership is he separates power and authority he says power is the the ability to force something to happen right if i can deadlift 400 pounds that's powerful right? That's, that's my power forcing that thing to happen that 400 pounds doesn't want to move, I have to make it move to force it to move. But I can't negotiate it to move, I can't ask it to move, I have to, I have to force my will on that bar, right? But if I do that in a business, or if I take that out and utilize that in my leadership role in the Air Force, I'm not going to have a positive result. I might get a short-term positive result. I might get the the mission or the action that needs to be accomplished in front of me at the moment done, but I'm not going to have a long-term result. I'm not going to have a good team. I'm not going to have a team that wants to work with me. I'm not going to have a team that wants to achieve a mission. And that's a really important aspect of being a leader or an alpha is getting buy-in from people to want to be around you. You can't get that from power. When he, when, when Simon talks about authority, he talks about authority being given to you by your peers and subordinates. So he separates the the way we look at the terms by that line. He's in power, force, but authority is given to you by the people that you work with and that work for you. So the idea is if I ask somebody to do something, if I have authority, that means that they are allowing me to tell them what to do essentially. Right. But, but in a in a positive way, that they, they might sound a little negative, but I mean that in a positive way. If they are they are allowing me to lead them, they are allowing me to be the decision maker of what tasks they need to get done. That's the concept of authority: is that the people that work for you or work with you allow you to decide what they are going to do with their day? They could easily say no, right? Even with a rank structure like we have in the military, right? So I'm an E6, so I'm a technical sergeant in the Air Force. So anybody who's E5 or below, or technically when you get like really into the weeds, anybody who's been in E6 less than me, if I want something done, I can just say, do it. And if I need to, I can say, I outrank you, you will do it, right? Now that is a terrible form of leadership and one that luckily, I've never had to use, um, but it is something that bad leaders use on a regular basis. I've seen it used. I've had it used on me. That is a bad form of leadership. That's not alpha, right? That's beta because that that's a weak character person. That's a that's a person. It's a weak man or a weak woman because in the mil- right we have those those. Everybody can be that rank. There's no gender separation on the rank, so that's just a weak leader in that aspect. But if we're, talk, if we're talking, focusing on alpha male type concept, that's a weak man, where we we're think about a, a male leader in this position. So it's a weak man because they're just flexing the rank authority, the rank power, and they're not utilizing authority, which would be building a relationship and making, making buy-in with their team. So authority is what you wanna go for. Authority is, is having character. Authority is having relationships with the people that you work with and and for you and really work for right now one of the, one of my biggest maybe roadblocks, but also I think one of my strongest characteristics as a leader when I was in the military was the concept that I didn't care about the people above me Whether it be a higher enlisted rank or an officer. I did not care what their opinion of me personally was you know I've gone 10 years in the military. I've never won an award. right Like I mean I've picked up some personal like achievement type stuff, but any of those voted on quarterly, annually, write a package, send it to the board type stuff. I've never won any of those. And I think a lot of it has to do is I don't do the extra things to be visible to members of leadership. right I do the extra things to be visible to the people I work with and that work for me. But I don't do the things to to represent myself outside of that because I never saw the point of it, right? If I if I did a volunteer thing, or if I did a uh, you know any of those extracurricular type, off duty type opportunities, I only did the ones that actually meant something to me, right? Teach martial arts classes, go work at a soup kitchen, things like that. I only I wouldn't do the ones that were like hey this would look good on your evaluation. I would on, I would only do the ones that actually meant something to me personally that I could have my own personal buy-in for. And you know, that might have hindered my progress a little bit, I still ranked up fairly quickly, but um it might have held me back from from a rank somewhere along the lines. But it's not really that was never my focus, right? My focus was day-to-day working with the people. But back to the concept of being an alpha, like that's that's a bastardized view. A lot of people think alpha, and they they think power. They think president. They think CEO. They, you know, they think those types of people are alphas. Um, You know, NFL football players, power, strong. And if you only, like I said, if you only look at 30,000 feet, it's going to make for a very rough society to operate in. That's going to make it very difficult for you if you only see alpha in those terms, it's going to make it very difficult for you to actually achieve alpha status in society, right? You may have it in your head, but if you have alpha in your head based off of that, that's where it stays. And the concept is if you want to be alpha, you need to have other people look at you that way, right? Similar to the conversation of who's the greatest of all time. All right. So in the NBA, who's the greatest of all time? The answer is Michael Jordan, but for the sake of the argument, let's have a debate. Jordan can think he's the best, but he can't just declare it and then have it be fact, right? LeBron has an argument. Kobe has an argument. Wilt has an argument. Russell has an argument. Like all these great players have rational arguments of why they're the the greatest of all time, but none of them can just declare it and say it fact. That's the same kind. That's the same thing as being alpha in your head. If you're alpha in your head but nowhere else, then it doesn't really matter. So how do we take alpha and start really making it acceptable? If you think about the way alpha men are looked at today, and, uh, you can say that our, our like I'm, I'm including myself, <laughs> um, you can say that an alpha man's perception in society is deteriorating it's becoming less important because of the way our society is viewing the necessity to have that right Uh, 200 years ago even 100 years ago if you could hunt and fish and gather and build a house that was the bare minimum of being a man let alone being the alpha in a town But now if you do that, you're at the top of the food chain. You are looked at as an alpha because you can do those things. So society has shifted so far that the baseline at the turn of the the century for the 1900s is like the, the echelon of today in a hundred years, that's changed. Technology has changed that policy has changed that everything around that that forms our society has has dictated that concept so what like how do we how do we get along how do you be alpha and still be acceptable and part of that is not caring about the acceptable part you have to be you, you just got to round out your edges a little bit i guess so there's an article I found, it was written last July. I'm not gonna read through the whole article. Um, it's very, very long, it's on theadultman.com and it's just about what is an alpha male. And he, so he has nine traits that say what an alpha male is. So we're just gonna look at them, review them a little bit and then I'm gonna break down a little bit more of the book. So it said they're keenly aware of status. That's one of those things that I'm talking about. What, it, what status are you looking to be? If you're looking to be the strongest in the gym, but is that your only focus? Are you looking to be the smartest at work, but is that your only focus? I think of of an alpha as being a very well-rounded individual. Um, Every Monday, I put out a, basically like a fitness vlog of my week, because I'm getting ready for a track meet, and I haven't run track in 15 years, so I'm kind of documenting my journey back. It's on the same channel on YouTube, but Wake the Monster. But... Every week I put out my fitness journey, and one of the things I talked about in the video that I put out yesterday was this concept of being capable. I think it's important that men are capable of, of violence, right? We talked about this a little bit in the first podcast about was Jesus a monster? Jesus utilized premeditated violence to solve the problem in the temple when he was 12 years old but I think you should be capable of violence. I don't think you should want to use violence, but I think you should be capable of violence, right? So I was saying, if I go in the gym and I lift all these heavy weights, I'm strong, but that's it. If I run 100 miles a month, I have endurance and I'm fast, but that's it, right? You need to blend those things and you need to apply them into some. So that's why I train Muay Thai or Jitsu when I can, or even traditional martial arts. That's That's me applying the other aspects that I have. So being keenly aware of status, it depends on what your society, what status you wanna be in. And that goes back to a little bit of what I was talking about where your circles that you form, your friend circles are going to to be the ones that you're actually looking for the status in. And you don't wanna find weak people because then you're not really challenging yourself, right? You wanna find strong charactered people to be in your circle. All right, the next one, they tend to be good looking. So the weird thing about that is high school is a really good hypothesis for what alphas are, but at the rudimentary level, right? The alpha in high school is normally not the nice guy that has, that is friends with everybody in the school, right? The alpha in high school is a lot of times a jerk. You have the occasional like, hey, this one guy's got it all together, but for the most part, the alpha in high school is going to be somebody who's picking on the weaker kids. And that I mean, that's just right off the bat. It's not just, it's not alpha, right? It's not that concept that we wanna make alpha be. Because if you're just picking on weak people, then you're not challenging yourself. You're also, like you're showing your own weaknesses. You're showing your own internal fears by picking on little people. You're not gonna pick on the person bigger than you Right? If you're the alpha of the freshman class, you're probably not going to go pick a fight with the senior because you would get embarrassed, presumably, and you would lose your status. right? And that your status matters. But you think about they tend to be good looking. And you have those late bloomers in high school that just don't, you know, they're the dude is like super short, real skinny, got glasses, weird haircut big nose, body hasn't matched, all that kind of stuff, all right? So can they be alpha just because they look weird? They might not have the looks that are going to attract all the the girls. Right, it doesn't stop at high school, right? He goes into college, goes into grown-up life. Uh, when, when I was in college, a buddy of mine had a roommate who, like, puberty just never set for him. Puberty just never kicked in. He actually had to take hormone therapy to start puberty for him and he was in college living in a college dorm can he not be alpha i think it's more of a mindset than an outward appearance but you know there's things he can do to solve the outwardness you just have that mindset the way you carry yourself is, is what kind of makes you that so i think that's weird they tend to be good looking okay because of biological predispositions that people have right you think about what makes a female attractive to men it's it's like childbearing tips and things like that because biologically that tells us hey this person will be good at reproducing strong children and so that's the biological attraction right and men have the same thing to women like what's attractive to most women biologically is going to be the man who looks like he can provide even to this day in this technological age, the man who looks like he can provide physically, provide food, provide safety, provide security, provide shelter. Those are the dudes who are good looking, who are going to have an easier time reaching the alpha status, having an easier time having those conversations with men, attracting females. But like I said, to open this, that's not relevant to many of us, especially us older guys. I'm 35, I'm married, I have kids, I'm done, right? Like when I go to the bar, I'm not going to the bar to find a, 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 a female, I'm going to the bar to have some drinks and watch some fights or watch a game or whatever with my friends. That's not a concept for me. They're effective leaders and exist at the top of their status hierarchies. So what does that mean? The leadership concept. They are effective leaders. So big, big difference between boss and leader. So we want to focus on leader. We already talked about the analogy earlier of difference between boss and a leader, but let's focus on that leader concept. Leadership is getting buy-in from people to show, to make them feel like their actions to achieve a goal is going to benefit them as well. Right? Leadership comes down, and gives me supervision, whatever you want to call them, right? So that we understand these terms. Supervision comes down and gives me an objective. They say you have to have it done by X deadline. I have a team of five people. Me, my objective to, to be an effective leader in that situation is to create a feeling of ownership with the five people that are on my team. I need them to feel that they own the the mission or the task that we were given just as much as everybody else above in the chain. That's buy-in, that's leadership, That that's the kind of stuff that we need to have. And how do we get there? We get there as leaders, as alphas, by showing an actual interest, showing that we actually care about the success of those people. And that's one big aspect of, of alpha that gets left out when we think about it at that tv kind of movie view of what an alpha is you want the people around you to feel like you actually care about them the only way to do that is to actually care about them you can make people feel like it while you're faking it but that's short term again that's that's eventually going to be seen it's eventually going to be found out and then you're no longer alpha you you're no longer nothing you have no team so you have to actually show interest and actually care about the success of the people around you you have to be invested in their success and you have to understand if you're in a leadership position that their success is your success and when it's time to highlight who achieved you highlight them and then hopefully you have effective leadership and they highlight you but that's not really relevant. You shouldn't worry about that kind of stuff. Just worry about leading your peers and then you will become that alpha type person. You will become a person that people can go to and can rely on and feel that they can trust. The more time you focus on what people above you think, the less likely your peers are to trust you because you are so heavily focused on making yourself look good that everybody else around you is gonna say, He'll probably step on me to get to a higher level. He'll probably throw me under the bus to make sure that his image stays strong. So if you want to be an alpha, you want to think of yourself with that term. And if we want to revolutionize it and kind of make it acceptable, make it still valuable and acceptable, then you really need to understand that concept of the people above you cannot be your focus. They can be a byproduct, but they cannot be your focus. Your focus has to be your peers and those beneath you when you're in a leadership role. Like I said, if I cared about the people above me, I might have a few more awards, but at the same time, the inverse might be true. I might've gotten stuck because I was a poor leader, so my teams that I led would not have achieved what they achieved. Right, you gotta care about the people that you are leading more than the people that are leading you. They're confident. That one I think is universal. That one's a good one. Confident, not arrogant. Right? So what's the difference between confidence and arrogance? The way I look at it is confidence is knowing that you are big enough to meet the situation. Arrogance is thinking that you're above the situation. I think that's the difference between confidence and arrogance. That's the line that, that I use as my benchmark to see where I'm standing on that confidence. I feel like I can achieve this. This is a hard thing, but I feel like I can handle it. I feel like I can do it. Arrogance is, that's nothing. Save the world, Psh, got that, no problem. Climate change, Psh, got that, no problem. You're you are normally going to look at that as a tortoise and hare type thing, right? You'd be the hare, you run fast, slow down, take breaks. You think you're bigger than the moment. You think you're bigger than the race. You think the medal should just be handed to you because it's assumed that you're better, right? That's not how it's going to work. You're going to get found out. You're going to get caught. You're going to fail and leadership's going to find out or you're going to be a poor leader and the people you work with aren't going to put in the same effort. You're still going to fall short in the end. So confidence, I think is universal and confidence is one of those things that doesn't have to be stuck on one aspect, right? So we talked about earlier, alphas tend to be good looking, but they can make up for that with being confident somewhere else. You know, I, I remember hearing this in high school. I don't know if this was a universal thing. So let me know if you had ever heard this. Let me know in the comments if you've ever heard this before. But, you know, it's fine to be the athlete, but the nerds in the school are the ones who are going to rule the world when we grow up. And look at it now. Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, uh, Bill Gates, you know, all politicians are just ugly people who, who, who can act, but they can't make it in Hollywood kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, all those people who rule the world were the nerds in high school. Like there's some truth to it, I guess. But my point is they're confident in something other than their looks. So they were able to reach some level of alphaness in positional authority because they were confident somewhere else. You know, that's what I'm talking about when I think about confidence. You don't have to be the dude who looks like he's chiseled from marble. You want You wanna work out, you wanna be fit, you wanna be healthy. Uh, one of my one of one of the big reasons that I say wake the monster is because I'm up before five a.m. and go to the gym. It's very important to me, personally. Doesn't have to be as important to you, but it still needs to be important in your life is to be fit. That's just a health aspect. You don't need to bench 400 pounds and squat this and deadlift that and all that kind of stuff, but you do need to be strong. Strong. I think uh, I was watching the Joe Rogan podcast and they were saying one of the most important factors for determining longevity is actually grip strength, right? How how your grip strength in your hands, because of the fact that as you get older, you're going to start having imbalances. And one of the most common things people fall. And if you have strong grip strength, if you're able to maintain a strong grip strength, you'll be able to catch your balance it goes along with a few other triggers that have to do with grip, but grip is actually a, a very key determining factor in the longevity of life today. All right. The next one it says they're extroverted. So extroverted, they're outgoing. They have an outgoing personality. They're very sociable, very likable. You know, they're they're willing to put themselves out there. So for me personally, that's one that you know, I'm kind of fifty-fifty about. I'm I'm extroverted. I'm slightly introverted. Kind of depends on the group. You know, kind of depends on on the overall scenario. I'm more extroverted today than I was. 15 years ago, right, but, you know, fairly getting there. I think that one's kind of, they're, they lean towards being an extrovert. They're not necessarily an extrovert, but they lean towards being an extrovert. You know, being willing to put themselves out there a little bit more is one of those ideas of an alpha because it goes with that confidence thing. If I go and hang out with my, my buddies, like, I'm confident in the things that I'm good at and I'm confident that I know the things I'm not good at. And that's where confidence comes in. That's where that that real true identity of yourself, that real true image of yourself makes you stronger. Because if I know what I'm not good at as well, then I'm more confident in conversation. I'm more capable of knowing when I've reached my limit or when I I shouldn't continue talking about a topic or continue engaging in a debate because I know that I've reached my cap on that subject, right? So knowing what you're not good at is just as important as knowing what you're good at to develop confidence. Confidence will lead to you being a little more extroverted. They're visionary. So this one, I think is interesting. You have a plan, right? And alpha has an objective. They have a plan. They have goals. They have a place that they want to be eventually. They have things that they want to accomplish. That's very attractive to women. So when we think about that, attracting a mate type stuff Um, having goals being driven being motivated that's all very attractive to not just women but people in general you tend to want to be around those types of people because they just give off good energy but that's when talking about visionary they're talking about have goals have a plan have a one you know a a one-year plan a a three-month plan a five-year plan a 10-year plan have goals that you want to read, right? Fifty-two in twenty-two. That's my goal for books this year, right? Hashtag fifty-two in twenty-two. Fifty-two books this year in the year twenty twenty-two. That's a goal for me. I got several others, but that's what I, that's one of the ones I want to do this year. But being a visionary is all about goal setting and just being driven, being motivated to do something to achieve something more. Number eight, number seven says they're successful with women. Again, I think I'm successful with women because I found the perfect woman for me, and I married her and we had kids. So as far as being successful with women, I was successful with a woman. I found the one. That's successful. You know, is, is having seven partners in seven days successful with women? Uh, I think that's a personal preference, right? To me, I don't know if I would refer to that as successful. I understand what people mean when they say it's successful women, but I, I don't know if I would call that successful for, you and your own character, I don't think we probably, we're probably not treating women the right way. If we're thinking of seven partners, in seven days, we're not really getting to know women. So I think that one's interesting. That goes back to that. You know, if we're spending six hours of a book about men's health, being an alpha male, um, if we're spending six hours on the sexual aspect, it's very Freudian right? The, the psychologist Freud, he was all about everything kind of comes back to sexual desires, sexual frustration. Uh, that's a weird one. That, that's a very individualistic aspect. I think I'm successful because I'm married. I'm very happy with that. We reproduced, did all the things married couple do. I think I, I think I won. All right, So that's that. Number eight, they don't shy away from conflict. You know, this one was a big one for me. I think I said in a previous podcast, so I've been training martial arts for a long time, like 25 years, right? But I still shy away from, I still shied away from conflict for a long time. And that came from my own influences growing up my own, the example I had of what a man is, as I was growing up, was very weak. You know, my father was was not a good man, he was not a, a strong man, a capable man. He didn't treat his family well. He committed crimes against siblings of mine. And for right now, I'll, I'll leave it at, at that. But you know, if you if you know me personally and you're watching this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. You know, he was he was a bad example. He was a bad man. Just both bad as in criminally bad and bad as in just a had no business being a father, being a husband, being anything like that. So it took me a long time to have to kind of rebuild what that is. And part of that, part of that for me was, was learning to be comfortable engaging in conflict, both verbal and physical. Uh, You know, as a kid you get into fights that's all well and good but you know as a grown-up your your rational brain starts kicking in and you start thinking about what can go wrong and then you kind of freeze paralysis by analysis so i know there was a period of time in my life where i had that when i was getting a little bit older Is just that like avoiding conflict and physical conflict is one thing but verbal conflict can be even harder to engage in because you don't want to look stupid you don't want to get into a debate or an argument with somebody and then find out you were missing a key piece of information. And then all of a sudden you look like an idiot because you, you missed that one piece. And so that, that paralysis from that can, can be very damaging too when it comes to being comfortable in conflict. But as I've gotten older, as I've done my 10 years in the service like I said, I've never seen a combat deployment. I've been deployed a few times. I've never seen combat, uh, thankfully, but you know, it, I'm, it's it still helped me be more comfortable with conflict, be more comfortable with struggle, pain, that kind of stuff. I, I encourage it, I enjoy it. I don't shy away from it now. If there's an issue in the neighborhood, I get involved. The one place I don't do conflict though is social media. I don't think it's very beneficial on social media because whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that kind of stuff, like what's what are you gonna solve having conflict on social media? What are you gonna solve having an argument on social media? Nobody has to change their mind because you're probably arguing with somebody you don't know in the first place. And if you're arguing with somebody you do know, like you're probably just harming a friendship at that point, right? So nobody changes their mind on social media. It's never happened before. They. They can say whatever they want as meanly as they want to say it because of the fact that there is no obvious immediate repercussions it's that concept of of you say whatever you want on social media because it's not real life people don't know how to communicate in real life and when they do communicate in real life like they were on social media they learn real quick oh wow it's different out here you know so i don't have debates and arguments on social media because there's no beneficial result to them. So that's the only place I still shy away from conflict, but everywhere else, right? It's, it's okay. I, you don't search it. You don't search for it. You don't go looking for it, but you don't shy away from it either when it comes. And so the last point they use, they use body language, their last point he makes they use body language to appear larger than life. So that's something in the in the alpha Bible they were talking about the way you stand, the way you carry yourself, the way you walk, all that kind of stuff. Um, helps you demonstrate yourself as an alpha. So one one of the things that the book talked about was uh, alphas tend to, when they walk, they appear to walk with a purpose. Now, walk with a purpose means walking very up tall, strong, proud, chest out, right, chin up just a little bit, not all the way up, you know, you're not nose to the sky, right, but chest out, shoulders back, chin up, walking proud, proud of yourself, right, proud, strong, you're not looking down on people, Right? But you got to walk with your head up so that one, you can see what's going on around you, but two, just keeping your head up, that that phrase, keep your head up, means be confident, stay confident, right? walk that way, talk that way, make eye contact with people when you're talking to them. Body language is very important. The way you stand can just change the way you feel about yourself. And if you can change the way you feel about yourself to be positive, then you're gonna change the way other people feel about you. If they want to be around you, now you're starting to gain some alpha traits one another body language trick that you'll hear if you're doing sales calls or if you're a receptionist somewhere is to smile when you're on the phone smile when you answer smile when you're talking on the phone because it changes the way your voice sounds it changes the way you hear it changes your 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 fluctuation the person on the other end can hear that if the person on the other end hears a happy person they're going to be more likely to want to engage with that person be more likely to get the sale or more likely Know, second call or something along those lines, so that's just one as one one example of body language. It's just your mouth. Just now I'm smiling, now I'm happy, right? You're gonna hear a difference when you're talking to somebody on the phone that way. So those are the nine points that the AdultMan.com uses to talk about alpha male traits. I think it's a pretty good list, right? I had a few points that I that I disagreed with or I added a little context to it, but when I think about an alpha, right? So an alpha is just a leader that's the way I look at it. If you think about a wolf pack, the alpha is the leader of the pack. Okay. So I say this with my daughter every day. We have a mantra before she goes to school. I say be a what? She says leader. I say how? And this this is the important part because if I just said be a leader, she's going to go around and and if I've been doing this since she was, I've been doing this since she was in kindergarten. If I didn't give any context between what a lead behind what a leader is. She could have gone any way with it. She could have just been a big boss, you know, just bossing people around, not making friends, making enemies at school. I say, be a what? She says, be a leader. I say, how? She says, set the example, help people, answer questions. Be doing this every day since kindergarten. Set the example tells her to lead from the front. Set the example is act the way other people should be acting. Set the example is do your work. Set the example is treat people fairly. Set the example is just overall aspect of, Hey, you want to lead, you be part of the team to lead. You want people to act a certain way. You act that way first and then they'll match you. So the example, help people. Alphas create alphas. Alphas don't create betas. Alphas don't put people down. Alphas don't crush people. If you want to be an alpha, that means being a leader. We can just interchange those terms. When 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 I'm talking about alpha, I'm talking about leadership. Being a leader, you can be a leader of yourself. You actually have to start there. You have to start with being a leader of yourself, holding yourself to account, helping yourself improve. That's alpha. Alphas create alphas. That means that you help people find themselves. You help people better themselves. You help people achieve their goals. Now you can't help somebody until you've helped yourself, right? It's like being on the airplane and the masks come down. You got to put your mask on first before you put your neighbor's mask on. Same concept applies here. You can't help somebody else until you help yourself. So if you have issues, if you're watching this podcast and you have some issues that you know are unresolved that you need to work on, work on them. Go find somebody to help you. If you're struggling in the gym, go find somebody you trust that is strong, that goes to the gym regularly, ask if you can tag along. They'll go with you, they'll help you. If you trying to go back to school, find an adult who went back to school late, ask them how, ask them what they did, ask them what courses they took, ask them where they start. What colleges are good colleges around here? Should I go to community? Should I go to four year? What should I do? Should I go at night? Should I quit my job and go full time? help me make these decisions, guide me on these decisions, right? Helping yourself first, and then you can help other people create the alpha in you, then alphas create alphas create other people, right? So set the example help people answer questions. The reason to answer questions in there is because it's a confidence builder. We all remember being in school, and we didn't want to raise our hand to ask a question because we thought we were the only one who didn't understand what the teacher was talking about. Since my daughter was in kindergarten, I did not want that to be a thing. So answer questions is in there. When I say be a leader, because she needs to be willing to ask a question to get the answer. And if she's the one asking the questions, she's going back to it, she's helping other people, because I guarantee there's another kid in that class who had the same question, but was scared to ask it. So my daughter's helping people by asking questions. So then I say, what kind of work do we like? And I, This is another one of those pet peeves I've had one of those one of those cliches, right? hard work. So I say, what kind of work do we like? She says, hard work. And then she has to say, do it smart. And you ever hear that? Work smarter, not harder? I don't like that. Work smarter, not harder means find the easy way to do it. Now, hey, if there is a quicker way to do a job, let's go as long as I get the same standard of result, same quality product at the end. I'm about that all day long. But too often, work smarter, not harder, allows people to just be lazy with their task instead of being driven and actually achieving. So she has to say, I say, what kind of work do we like? She has to say hard work. You are going to search for the hard task. Not necessarily the hard way, but you are going to search for the hard task. You are going to be willing to accept the difficult job. You're going to be willing to volunteer to do the hard thing, and you're going to do it smart. You're going to find a solution. You're going to find the best solution. You're going to do that solution. And right, So I've been doing that with my daughter every day since kindergarten. So three years now. Haven't missed. All right? And, I mean, she's she's a straight-A student. She's a great kid. I get great feedback from her teachers. I get great feedback from her teachers about the way her classmates view her and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm super proud about that. But my point with that story is alphas create alphas. you got to be willing to help other people. That's what leadership is alpha means leadership. If you think of yourself as an alpha, what did you do today? That makes you one? All right. Did you? Did you help people? Did you teach somebody something? Did you teach yourself something? Because right? we are in never ending growth. Remember that we are always growing, always trying to find that next objective, always trying to find that next lesson. Stagnation means death. Right? If you stop, Moving forward, you may as well just just die, right? Did you put somebody down? Did you get in an argument with somebody where you ended up being at fault at the end? Think about that. Right? Alphas don't do that. They're not going to put somebody down just to put them down. They're rising, bringing people up. And you know? remember, like I said at the beginning, when it comes to being an alpha, when it comes to being a leader, it's more important that your peers and the people beneath you view you highly, than the people above you. Because if you're more worried about the people above you, the people below you are gonna question what your motives really are. But if you care and spend more time focusing on the people next to you and below you, you will always have a leadership role because the P- you will always create trust in the people around you. So I'm gonna end it there. I've been going for about 53 minutes now. I appreciate y'all stopping by. Let me know in the comment section what you think about alphas. What's your perception of an alpha? Are you one? Do you want to learn how to be more of one? Do you like the direction of the podcast? What kind of topics would you like to to hear me talk about next? If you see this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel so that you're always ready for the next one. The next one comes out on Thursday. So every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. I appreciate y'all stopping by. Go wake your monster. Peace.